I'm Kay Janes, and this is the podcast where we talk about your adult child and how to raise them so you don't have to raise your grandkids. Check us out at allgrownup.com or on Instagram at youradultchild. All right, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be back. Today we have a special guest. So instead of two, we have three of us on the microphone today, and I'm really excited about what we have. Um, as always, I have Shauna Watson with me. I'm Kay Janes, and today we have a special guest. Schwa has agreed to let us interview him and share some of his thoughts on his experience. Schwa is a client here at the uh, Iron Gate, and he's been here three or four months, so he's going to have some amazing insights. Um, just so everyone knows, the purpose of today's podcast, um, mostly we're talking to parents, so what we want to give is parents a perspective from a young adult who is on the other side. Schwa has amazing parents who have been actively involved with his treatment and his life, his whole life. And um, so as we talk today, uh, one thing I know that will happen is people realize is even when you're doing the best you can, even when you've got a mom and a dad in the home who love each other and working hard, there's still opportunities to grow and there's things that you can learn. So Schwa, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and Shauna, as always, I'm glad you're here today. Me too. So so we'll get started. Um, Schwa, if you would, just give us a real quick insight to your, I guess, your life in the sense that, you know, where you're from and how you ended up here at Iron Gate and uh, just anything you want to share on that. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, my name is Schwa and uh, I was born and raised in Sacramento, California. Uh, I was very involved in in sports growing up and any form of athletics, a uh, very energetic child. And uh, my parents were always supportive with athletics, with schooling, pretty much anything that I wanted to do from a young age, they were there to support me. Uh, I grew up a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and uh, also was very involved with the church. And my parents were great examples to me at a young age of that as well. Um, we spent the first 20 years of my life in Sacramento and uh, we moved to Utah about two years ago. And uh, I actually re rewind a little bit. I uh, served a mission in Missouri, St. Louis. And for uh, most of those years, Leading up to the mission and throughout high school, uh, I didn't really feel like there was anything uh, traumatic in my life or any major struggles that were were super large, it seemed at the time, just little things like keeping my grades up and, and struggling with sports. Uh, returning home from the mission was the first time that I actually experienced any form of anxiety and depression. And... Uh, is very new to me, so I I just kind of shoved those feelings under a rug and, and wasn't quite sure how to deal with them or, or how to cope with them, and uh, I just kept doing that for, for years and years, and uh, I ended up getting married in November of last year to a wonderful girl in Idaho Falls, and uh, she... She made me so happy and she helped bring a light to my life that I didn't have. 
after uh, experiencing so much anxiety and depression. And uh, there were there were things that I actually began to experiment with as far as addiction with alcohol and substance and also heavily with pornography. And uh, as we prepared to get married, I wasn't taking the necessary steps to ensure that I was truly ready for that or that I was worthy for that next step in life. And so shortly after the wedding, I began to shove a lot of those emotions and addictions under the rug as well, which just hurt myself more. I wasn't able to get the help that I needed. And uh, so I realized that I needed to once I came open about it and really accepted how serious and bad I was struggling, that's when I realized, you know, I need to dig much deeper than I have. And that's when I uh, ran into Cade and this therapeutic housing program and realized this is, this is something that I want to try. I just had to be willing to, to make that decision on my own. And yeah, I've been here for about four months now and it has been incredible with the uh, the tools that they provide here, the tools I've been able to utilize and and just uh, new methods of how to truly dig deep and, and move forward with struggles like this. Thanks for sharing that. It's definitely yeah. been uh, up and down, hasn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Schwa's gone through, um, what we're seeing is there's, there's some milestones that someone will hit when they decide to make changes. There's some obstacles that are pretty common to that create a big time roller coaster effect so some really raw moments of honesty that are really uncomfortable we're still in those too huh yeah we are <laughs> well that's awesome well and one thing like i said earlier i want to point out is shaw's parents were involved in his life from his childhood mom and dad are still together they're they're involved with the program we i meet with them once a week and we're able to talk so heavily involved with that um so we're going to ask you a couple questions that will help give some of these parents some perspective, you know, because they're going to have a kids like yours. Most most parents would actually love to have a kid like you who wanted to be active in sports and school, student body also, right? You did that yeah. stuff. and Yeah. Yeah. So active in your church, going on a mission, that all sounds great. And then all of a sudden these problems hit and parents can get caught off guard. So, so uh, Shauna, there's a couple questions we wanted you to chew on and... I'll let you take it from here, actually. Yeah, so I love to get young adults, teen perspective, because as parents, sometimes it's so hard. We think we understand, and there's so much we do know, and there is so much we have learned. But with the advancement of technology and so many things, but I've been at such a faster pace from just, you know, I feel like I just graduated from high school, but it's been a million lifetimes of stuff that's changed really. And so I love to get the perspective of the youth for parents to to get a better idea. Um, I've surveyed hundreds of kids whenever I go um, speak or do different things. I love to survey them. And one of my very favorite questions to ask them, and I'm going to ask it of you, Shaw, is if you could help adults understand what it's like to be a teenager or a young adult um, today, like what would you want them to know? Um, I think, first of all, I think it's it's really important to realize that just like it's a 
far different for us to, as young adults, to live in this life. It was also very different for our parents to grow up back when they did. So I think just recognizing how the struggles nowadays are difficult, but they're just different. And so I feel like it's not easy, but really trying to be open with adults and and parents and help them realize what you are going through because it's something that, that they definitely haven't gone through and uh, you can't you can't really receive the help or have someone truly understand what you're going through if you don't at least try to explain it. Yeah, there seems to be a big gap between where parents are or kids are. That's always been the case too. There's always been that gap. You know what I'm intrigued with, and I don't know if I know the answer, is why won't a parent fill that gap? You know, what is it that keeps a parent um, stuck in holding on to the way they knew how to do things or what they experienced? And I don't know if you guys have felt that. You know, you're a mom of young adult kids. I don't Have you ever felt you're safe thinking or saying, well, when I was growing up, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then the kid's just looking at you like, well, <laughs> that doesn't fit. I don't know. Did you ever experience that with your parents too or... Uh- yeah, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, to, to an extent. And, uh, yeah, the first thing I think of is like social media, even yeah, just like all the things that yeah. we're involved with nowadays that didn't even exist. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the most common answers I've gotten is, well, there's a few, but one of them is the pressures around and, and what they're exposed to on social media and the temptations that they face. I don't think, I think that's what they feel really alone with a lot yeah, of the time. I do too. And I think, you know, what I've even noticed with myself, so my wife and kids are out of town right now, COVID changed all of us. Like, I, I find myself, I, a lot of us, I think, just hunker down, get on some technology, and the social events aren't as common as they used to be. Just being out and about isn't as common as it used to be. I think that temptation alone is one that's so different. I mean, Shwa, you probably don't realize this, but when your dad and I were growing up, there was like three TV channels <laughs> and there was nothing on in you know the day. So like there was no point even turning your TV on. And so the only other option was, well, let's go do something else. And that alone was such a different experience than now where my kids can turn on the TV and there's a hundred channels. Well, and what's in there, you know, because, you know, with Top Gun coming out, we've yeah. been laughing because I was like 10, I think, yeah. and me and my sister and my neighbor, we would sneak and watch Top Gun. We didn't watch a lot of TV. Uh-huh. We would we, we, we would rewind certain scenes and we were like too young. We're like, I don't even know what this is, but I like how this makes me feel. <laughs> so we're going to rewatch that. But that was so compared to now where it's literally aggressively finding them and it's not just it the level of it is so so significant well think about this you had to have a tape you had to know how to rewind the tape (laughs) it was hard to find the right spot and it usually involved other people helping you out whereas now and you know this it's in your pocket and it's the opposite of difficult to get access to unhealthy content well were you going to say something? Oh, yeah, I was just to say it. it. And I don't feel like it's also just the uh, ability to access it easier nowadays. But I feel like, especially with the young adults and the youth, it's also the purpose for why you're using it. Like yeah. you shared, Cade, with the three channels. If you have three channels, then, I mean, there's not much experimenting there. You either want to watch what's on or, or not. Yeah. Um, and 
So that's something I've been trying to train myself before I pull my phone out is what what am I about to do on it? What's my purpose for yeah. going on YouTube today? Am I going to watch this five-minute Tiger Woods highlights? And if so, then when I'm done, turn it off. And I get into trouble or I start feeling lost in the media when I'm not being purpose-centered. And then I'm just scrolling or I go from one thing to the next and and then I'm just wasting time. So what you just taught is actually, I think, a giant tip for parents when they're trying to talk to their kids about technology. Okay, what's your purpose for talking to your kid, right? Yeah. Just like if your purpose to get on your phone is to just consume things because you're bored or you want to be stimulated, that's not a good purpose to get on your phone. Well, It'll work. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And you won't get off of it, right? And yeah. you'll, well, parents don't realize sometimes that their intention in talking to their kids is they're afraid of something and they're approaching that kid and that topic from fear versus can my how can my kid be safe and heard how can I be a space that my kid will feel confidence to know what to do like if a parent just has those thoughts and those intentions now talk to your kid about technology or any other issue right and Sean and I both know this with kids it's it's so easy to be afraid when it comes to your kids. Shawna, you and I have talked about this a lot, especially with young adult kids. What are some of the fears that you find getting in the way of you being able to create a space that your young adults will be willing to talk? Oh, 100% my fear. It's what keeps me... You know, I fear of what? Fear... <laughs> <laughs> I know, even when you ask that, then it just helps diffuse so much for me. But the fear of, oh my gosh... What, are they going to turn out okay? Oh my gosh, they're going to be... It's all fear around they're not going to be okay in some way. Yeah. And it's usually a big way too, huh? Yeah. And you know what stinks is it's fear of big things in little situations. So now you're coming at a little situation with some big fear. Yeah. And that's where I observe and see it's hard for a young adult to trust their parents because they're in a little situation and the kid sees it even smaller than the parent does, right? But then they got a parent coming at them with big fear. Yeah. So, and it, fear will always get in the way of connection, right? It's with our spouse, with our yeah. kids. And I will say over and over again that connection is the antidote. And so, I, I would love to ask Schwa, what advice would you give parents to create connection so they can better, their kid can better connect with them? Uh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, like you said, fear of even just going back to the last thing you said about fear of, oh, how are they going to turn out? Things like that. Um, I feel like a lot of the weight does go on to the youth or the young adult, the child. You have to let them know that not only you are willing to talk to them, but you want to talk to them. I feel like sometimes if a parent feels like, there's something that in their mind isn't going right, but in the kid's mind it is going right, then they don't know how to step in. And, and then sometimes that just makes the, the youth freak out or go the opposite direction. They get uncomfortable. They start feeling, oh, I've felt this before. I don't want to connect because of whatever that fear is. So, Because kids pick up on their parents' fear really Really well. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. one thing I want you to speak to because you're a good kid who wanted to do good. In fact, we, as we've worked together, we realized that's one of the problems, right? The pressure of being good, being seen as yeah. good. You know, what, how would you, what would you tell parents about not increasing that pressure? 
Does that make sense? Because when we talk about you, well, when a kid knows their parent wants them to turn out well, whatever that means, well, that creates a pressure on that kid. And that pressure is equal to whatever the parent's definition is of turning out well. You know, you have good parents. They've done great things. They wanted good things for you. So obviously there was pressure built. So what would you say, how can a parent balance that desire for you to grow without having unhealthy expectations that produce too much pressure? First thing I think of is just kind of the word balance, making sure that their level of communication and their interaction, depending on what that is, sports, schooling, making sure, and even just checking in on their emotions, having conversations with your children, making sure it's it's balanced so they don't feel like, mm-hmm. oh, when I do this, there there's more attention that they give me versus when I do this. I'm glad you said that. You know what I find myself doing all the time? How was school? How was school? How was school? How was school? Because I don't know what else to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ask my kids right now, what's the most important thing to your dad? They'd probably say school. So that's a great insight. That's a really good insight. You know, that makes me think of too, if I was smarter, I'd say, hey, what do you want me to ask you right now? Because I want to connect with you. But I keep asking the same dumb questions. What do you want me to ask? Yeah. That's so I can meet you good. where you're at. That'd be awesome. If that would be awesome that if I actually did that. Because <laughs> <laughs> then the more, I bet, when your children hear that, the more that they answer it, it just gets... Yeah. They're probably like, oh, he's going to ask me the same thing again today. School is great. And then they yeah, care, they they care this- less about responding to you because it seems like you care less. You don't really care about how school was or... Or what they're really into, because you're asking them questions that kind of are irrelevant to them. Yeah. No, that's great. Good insight. Yeah, and questions around, like, you. I love how you touched on emotions and sharing, you know, because so often as parents, when we start talking to our kids, we flip into fixer mode or we're, we're more focused on the outcome instead of, you know, if they do start talking to us to stay in that place where we can just connect with them instead of, Oh, they're giving us some information that we're going to pounce. Yeah. You know, so to give some information and then just to give it just almost, you know, be able to say, Oh, how did that make you feel? Or what, what did you think about that? Or, you know, so it's more of an exploratory curious place instead yeah. of, Oh, there's some info. And Oh my gosh, she's sharing with me. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then in that moment too, it's good for the parents to realize and reflect, okay, what did I do for them to feel comfortable to share that? And then try to f- put yeah. yourself in that environment more. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and you saying that I've this is a secret I've learned for years with teenagers: love them, but don't love what they think. And that's really hard for a parent to do. And also the same thing: do you need your kids or want your kids? Because I've seen this: young adults and teenagers are like piranhas with blood. If an adult needs them, they own the adult. And I've also seen this. We don't respect adults who need us when we're kids. We use them, but we don't respect them. And I, anyways, that's one thing I've seen that's worked for years because I'm not parents of the kids I work with. I don't need them and they can feel it. And I don't know if you know, have you noticed that too, that you know who you can manipulate, you know who you can. Yeah. what, What would you say around that with your experience of adults, you know, you can't manipulate the ones you can. What's your experience as a kid on the other side of that? Um, I'd say, well, yeah, depending on who it is. And if I know I can manipulate them, I definitely can get a lot of the things that I want. Mm -hmm. And sometimes depending on how it's done, the parents don't even realize they're being manipulated. 
Um, and so I think kind of going back to what we just talked about, if I recognize that, that my parents or any adult, um, they're not connecting with me in the aspects or the, the ways, parts of my life that I'd want them to, then that's one way that I can immediately tell, okay, this is someone I can manipulate. These are boundaries I can manipulate because it's clear that they, they aren't uh, aware enough to know what I'm struggling with or what my desires are, what I want to do. And so if, if they're not aware of that, then that's when I can just a not share what those feelings are. And then I can, I can use the, I can use, I don't really know how I'm trying to word it, but I can, uh, form questions or put myself in situations where I'm, I'm going to get from them what I want. Yeah. That's a crazy, if parents, I don't know how to express this any better, but that's coming from a good kid who wants to be a good person who's learned the art of manipulation. And that happens all the time. Yeah. And I, this is what I've observed watching you, but every other kid I've worked with, it's really hard not to abuse that when you know you can, right? Yeah. It's really hard not to take advantage of that. And I'll say this to parents all the time. There isn't three kids on this planet that are not going to manipulate when they can. Because kids and adults both are just trying to survive and be happy. So if you see you have some leverage that might produce some happiness and some results you want, you're going to use it. And that's where... I hope I can do this with my own kids. I feel like I've been able to do this as a coach and is not being allowed to not, not being able to be manipulated. Yeah. And it's, it's different. Yeah. You get different results when you're an adult who can't be manipulated. It's cool. You see a lot of things that you wouldn't normally see. I've seen that with, with you and my therapist, uh, where like for like the addictions, for instance, I, I truly feel like I've overcome, addictions to alcohol and nicotine, but something like pornography, I keep under the table. And then when I'm telling you the half truth of, oh, well, I'm doing good with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, I don't need to tell him about the pornography thing then because the few things I am sharing with him puts on this image of, oh, he's, he's being an honest guy. There's nothing that he's hiding. So it's like, that's another form of manipulation where it's yeah. like, let me share half the truth. So it looks like I'm being honest, yeah. but someone like you who has been trained with that manipulation, you call me out on it <laughs> and you can see right through it, but most parents can't. Well, and the other thing I can do that it's hard for parents to do, I've, I've known for months that there's still things you're holding back, but yeah. I don't have to force it because I'm willing to let the natural consequences, which is what's happened, let the natural consequences play themselves out and then you'll get it. That's so hard to do as a parent. Yeah. Right. And they freak out. (laughs) They do. They freak out. Like, let's figure this out now. And I'm like, no, go ahead and sit in it, dude. Sit in it as long (laughs) as you need and marinate in it and see how long (laughs) before you're like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. And then we're there. And that's hard. And you'll find that out too when you have kids. I, I, I won't have that same patience with my own kids. I think that's one thing too. We've brought this up before is as a parent, it is a lot scarier to let the tribe or the village or the community help raise your kids because the tribe, village, and community is so messed up now. But you need outside help. 
even if that outside help is you as a parent are going and getting therapy, getting coaching, getting training where you're learning from outside of what you have. And that's where your parents have been amazing. I meet with them once a week and I don't know if you can see it, but they're still learning. They're still growing. They're adding on to their abilities and strengths. And that's something you've got to do forever. So what are your thoughts on that, Shauna? Oh, I was just think, yeah, when you, if you even just get help as yourself as a parent, it enables you to just do some clean parenting, which is going to force your kid to shift and you let go of the outcomes of whatever they're going to choose to do or not do. That is when you're, it frees you up to be able to just love them. Uh, a question I have for you, cause I, yeah. you know, where, where I've worked so much with the teen young adult side, but I haven't worked as much with, um, the parents is I've noticed, um, that, Whenever a, a kid comes, uh, I'm, I'm speaking more of teenagers at this point, um, comes out with an addiction. Pornography typically is the one I've worked with most and is so common, but it is often the tendency of the parent to kind of want to check up on that with them often. And they want to like, okay, how are you doing? You know, you're, you're worried about your kid. You don't know how... You don't know where they're at with things. You have some fear coming up, but you know, okay, I want to be here. Because parents really do want to support and love. What would you tell parents of teenagers, especially if they know of an addiction that's there? Um, Because if that becomes the focus of, hey, this is what we talk about, pretty soon it's going to drive a big wedge in the ability to connect. Because it's always about the pornography or it's always about the masturbation or, or whatever it is. So... Um, and help me if my question isn't making sense, but you know, no, yeah, you're good. Yeah. I think, uh, one of the first things I think of is the phrase, like, let's take pornography, for example, uh, of, I, I would say won't versus can't, I won't view pornography versus I can't. And that's always taking me back to the idea that if a parent knows that you're struggling with, let's say pornography or masturbation, then kind of like Kate was saying, you have to learn to let it play out and not freak out. I've had, when I remember when I first brought that up to my mom, it was like, okay, give me your phone. Give me, you're not sleeping, all this stuff and took the device from me. And then it was like, the desire was still there. She just took away a means to get to it. So all that did was make it worse. And so uh, rather than creating an environment where I choose to not watch pornography, even though it's there at the tip of my fingers whenever. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, that's good. I think. And how do you create that environment? Um, well, I actually, it'll depend on how confident the person struggling, so the teenager is, because they can play a huge part in bringing that up to their parent rather than like a parent finding out, hey, mom, dad, this is what I'm struggling with. This is uh, what I feel I need. And then, the parents now know because it's a touchy subject for anyone and uh, I feel like it's very easy for a parent to just go into that that freak out helicopter mode so from the teenagers perspective I'd say letting them know hey this is how you can help me this is what I'm struggling with and then from the parents perspective uh, making sure you really stick to that and you don't manipulate their boundaries you respect all right this is what they said they need help with so this is what we're going to provide to them and we're not going to try to just cut off their access to everything, still let them use their agency. Oh, I love how you said don't manipulate their boundaries. 
Like that is really, really good. I've never heard it said quite exactly that way. And I'd always encourage uh, kids to go and t- parents know this ahead of time. Hey, if 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 the kid's struggling, they're going to come to you and just want to connect because we're teaching to connect because parents are a bridge and a practice of how to create intimacy and vulnerability for a marriage one day. And so if you're struggling to go to your mom or your dad and just say, you can, you can say, hey, I'm tempted or I'm struggling. and you can, and, Or you can just say, hey, let's go shoot hoops. Let's go for a walk. And the parent knows, oh, he's struggling, but it doesn't mean I'm going to now be all over it. We're just going to go connect and um, be able to create some relationship there. This is, and a final thought on this today is, to be able to do this as a parent or as an adult helping somebody, you got to remember the kid's an individual that's going to have their own individual experience and you're an individual. And this is really hard for moms, especially is you got to let that kid be that person and know too that God's involved and helping and it's not all on you. Right. And we could have a whole session and we probably will on what we talked about inappropriate ownership before. Mm -hmm. This is where if you have inappropriate ownership over your child, you're going to hurt your child's progress. Right. Where when you realize your child is an individual, that you're an individual and we keep bringing up boundaries and there needs to be healthy boundaries. That's where you're going to find the most success and be in a supportive, safe place for your kid to get through it. It's not going to get rid of the heartache. It's not going to get rid of sleepless nights, but it will get rid of the damage you do as a parent when you don't do those things. And again, that might be a whole episode we spend time on talking about what that looks like, but. Sure, we're probably going to interview again sometime soon, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, it was great having you here, and you're a a source of a ton of really great information with your experience and in the process that you're in. So thank you for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Shauna, always thank you. It's good to have you here. And um, we, until next time, keep going. And uh, we're grateful for the opportunity to share these thoughts with you. And we hope it's useful. Again, if you have any comments or questions or there's any topics you'd like to um, let us know about, um, leave comments. Um, You can also go to irongatetherapy.com and find phone numbers to reach out to us. And we'd be more than happy to provide any help and support that we can. So until next time, keep going and we'll see you soon.